0: The Die Hard Eagles podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Winning season continues at MyBookie, and they're now offering a free $20 bet with the promo code SGP20. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP20 to get a free $20 bet with your first deposit. We're also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the App Store and use promo code SGP for an instant deposit match up to fifty dollars. That's ThriveFantasy.com, promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay spread providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at acespread. slash sgp. That's acespread. slash sgp. We're also brought to you by Sean Green. Pre-order Sean Green's latest comedy album, "This Loss Hurts Us All," for only three ninety nine. That's right, only three ninety nine. Just head to sportsgamblingpodcast slash sean. That's sportsgamblingpodcast dot slash sean. Welcome, everyone, to the Die Hard Eagles podcast. I'm Sean, stacking the money green with my two fellow Die Hard Eagles fans, Justin and Rob. We're coming off a—I don't even know what to make of the game, thirty to twenty-eight, a loss, a loss that felt like we had a chance to win, except for the two-point conversion at the end. Doug Peterson used all our good two-point plays earlier in the game, uh, one like for no reason uh, when they were down seventeen to nothing but a gritty gutty performance by Carson Wentz to dig himself out of the hole in the first half a hole. He was uh, partially responsible for offensive line, a mess team all over the place. And yet still a chance to make a run and win this division, Rob let loose on the Eagles after this disappointing loss. I don't even, how would you call this loss in one word?
1: That's a great question, Sean. I mean, it's it, it kind of expected, kind of unexpected. I, I, I don't know. I mean, what a tale of two halves. I mean, the, you know, the first half just didn't get anything going. Offense looked terrible. Offensive line was terrible. Uh, another fumble by Carson, which, you know, is a recurring theme and a, and a big problem. And then you know, something just clicked in that second half. And I think, you know, you use the word that I was going to use gritty performance by Carson, you know, was not perfect, um, but really carried the team with really no skill players and, you know, came back and almost won. Um, I don't know why it took so long to get Fulgum involved. Uh, I think I, I saw somewhere, someone said it took 28 minutes before he was targeted. Yep. I mean, why he, he he's literally our best receiver right now, get him the ball all the time. I don't care if he's open, not open, get him the ball. And then, you know, coming down the stretch uh, one, what is wrong with Jake Elliott? The guy can't make a long field goal anymore. Bring some competition in for that guy. And most concerningly, what is wrong with Doug Peterson? The, the team battles back. You have a two point conversion to win the game, which you shouldn't have even needed if the field goal was made, but, and that's the play that he runs that botched kind of option play that they were all over. I mean, you know, at that point, we had no offensive line whatsoever. Uh, we didn't really have a run game going. Hey, Doug, like how about you call a timeout when you have a crucial play uh, with the game on the line? Maybe that's the time when you dig into the playbook a little bit. It's kind of important. And you know, I'm just starting to think that doug is is a coach that really struggles to think quick in the moment. Um, we saw it at the end of the Cincinnati game. he 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 made a stupid call to punt and hope something positive happened. and then, the next day, realized it was stupid, um, and he did the same thing this game with that two point conversion. He 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 called an awful play. The next day, realized yeah it was a terrible play. I probably should have called timeout. <laughs> he he, he just needs apolo- to get it
0: together. Apologetic Doug always cracks me up, and you bring up an interesting point where if you remember the Philly special, the audio of that play, Foles is actually the guy who suggests the Philly special to Doug, and Doug's like. Yeah. 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 Let's do that. So, and uh, to your point, I think what we've identified is those first 15 plays that they script, that seems to be what he was struggling with. And, and maybe that's what Frank Reich was doing for so well for this team in 2017, getting them off to that hot start because Doug Peterson has a certain way of motivating this team, but there are play calling issues and, and just kind of in the moment issues where he really lacks uh, the ability to come up with a good play at, at a crucial time. But then he, he certainly gets the most out of some of these backups and, and getting Travis Fulgham ready to go. So there's, there's certainly an optimistic side to Doug, but certainly very flawed that we're seeing so far in the season. Do you mean to cut you off there, Rob? What else? What else? No,
1: no. Yeah. Look, I agree with you. I, I, I think the, the the strongest point about Doug is it's clear the guys play for him. They play hard Um, you know, we had a million injuries. Let's, you know, that, that would handicap any team Uh, two starters left on offense at the end of that game from the beginning of the season and Wentz and Kelsey. I mean, how do you even quantify that in terms of the performance of the team? I mean, not many teams could, could come back for that. So look, the Ravens are a good team. They're a top 10 defense. I think I saw somewhere for the last five games, we played top 10 defenses and, and you know, really, at least last game, we outscored what most teams have done against the Ravens. So th- there, there are some uh, takeaways that are positive. Um, the injuries remain a concern, and you know, Doug's play calling remains a concern. I, I, I don't care how much fun he's having. I, <laughs> I think we need to look at maybe having someone else call the plays.
0: Yeah, and maybe that's maybe that's the kind of move and keep Doug where he's at his best. Of like just kind of getting the guys to rally and get them up and, and talking to the guys one on one. And if, if he gave up play calling duties, maybe that would allow him to focus more one-on-one with Carson. Justin, what, what is your big takeaway from this Ravens game?
2: Well, I think uh, you guys pointed out like the, the big thing, one of the biggest things was just Doug and that two point conversion. And the fact that I think we uh, only had one play coming out of that two minute warning and we scored the touchdown. So you would have thought that uh, Doug would have had something lined <laughs> up, even though he had run out of those two point conversion plays and been a little bit more ready for that. Um, I, I, to be honest with you, I'm not too concerned about Doug's play calling other than that at the moment. Like we ran out of plays. Obviously he's got to be better than that. Um, We're now scoring what? 27.5 points a game. So he's come around, he's doing a lot better. Um, One thing uh, that was really concerning though, was the drops. I mean, those are possibly two touchdowns there, you know, the Sanders drop in the end zone. And then also the early high tower drop would just freaking killed the good vibes you had going straight into the game. That was such a nice pass. And unfortunately he couldn't pull it down. and Rob pointed out the injuries. I mean, <laughs> man, we now we're out Ertz. We're out Sanders coming up. Um, I saw that uh, with Driscoll out, we're going to be stuck with uh, Brett Toth there <laughs> if uh, you know Lane Johnson doesn't start for us. So it's, I mean, those are just, man, that just takes the wind out of your sails. But on positive note, you know, Wentz is starting to come around, which was great. I, you know, I was really down on Hertz. I know Rob's been pulling for him a little bit, and I did actually like what (laughs) Doug did by getting Hertz in the game. He, he really did, you know, galvanize us a little bit. Got us that long run. um, Got things going for us. So um, I, I can look forward to a little bit more of that. And as long as Hertz can hold on to the football, I won't mind getting him into the game a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I mean, one more thing to add to just uh, shit that needs to go away. A a Brown first off, just a horrible game at right guard. And guard. We bring in this veteran guard who's supposed to just kind of fill a gap. The motherfucker lets up three sacks just has a horrific game. There's video of him like adjusting his gloves during the play while he's not blocking anyone. And then at the end of the game, they he's posing with a picture for with Lamar Jackson, dude, what the fuck are you doing? come on. You just, you got pushed around all day and then you, you're getting a souvenir. Like I would cut that guy, right? There's just no, there's just no excuse for that. I mean, our, our offensive line's so depleted, but I, I think Jermon Brown's not going to start now. And it's insane. I do think uh, there's a chance lane Johnson guts it out and plays, but maybe, uh, maybe a healthy Toth is better than a, uh, than a uh, uh, banged up lane Johnson one bright spot though. The emergence of Jason Kroom. everyone was talking about this guy. No, I, I re, I was watching the game and he caught the touchdown pass. No idea who the fuck that guy was. Never heard of him in my entire life. And I feel like I followed the Eagles really closely. So that's Kroom. Croom. It does say, it is fun to say Kroom. Um. But yeah, I mean, Carson looking a little bit better. That certainly is a positive. The defense actually had some moments where they didn't play horrible, but again, no turnovers. Got to get a turnover. Luckily, we are going to be playing the Giants coming up, so uh, I think that's always a good sign when it comes to the turnovers. Any other positives, and Rob? From John, well,
1: I was just going to say before we go to the positives, and what was up with those two drops? I mean, two huge drops. One from uh, you know Hightower really early in the game that could have really shifted momentum. And then one later by Miles Sanders, who's usually reliable. I mean, th- those two drops right there, you know, should have been touchdowns. There's no excuse for them. The balls were there, they were both catchable. Um, so, you know, we can't see that. I, I'm just sick of seeing drops from our receivers.
0: Yeah, no, it's brutal. And I mean, kudos to them. And I think they had to stick with him just out of necessity. But Hightower did have that, uh, another deep ball that he did catch. So, Hightower, I'm a little less worried about. Cause he's a rookie. He's a fifth round pick. Like, yeah, this guy, maybe it's going to take him a little bit. So I, I'm not as pissed off about that, but the miles Sanders one, like he was supposed to be a, kind of a sure handed receiver. I mean, that's what we were talking about coming into this season. And he's had a couple balls that he should have got that he got his hands on and granted maybe Carson should have thrown on the other shoulder, but certainly a very catchable ball, but any, any positives Rob from the Ravens game. Well, I think the
1: positive is Wentz. I, I I think you saw, as we've said, a gritty performance. He put the team on his back and you know, he made something out of nothing with, with the players that he had. So I, I hope it can be a momentum shifter for him. Um, I'm sure he's going to be sore this week. I mean, I think I, I, I saw as well, he's been under pressure on something like 49% of his drop backs. I mean, that's just an insane Number. I I mean, it's tough for any quarterback to succeed in those kind of conditions. So, look, the fact that that he uh, you know made that rally in the second half, and and the fact that he maintained the connection with Fulgham again, that's the real positive to take away. I think.
0: Yeah. No. Fulgham, as much as people wanted to say it's a flash in the pan, three weeks, three uh, touchdowns for Fulgham. I, I don't know. Like you said, I don't know what took him so long to get him going, but once he did. Bulger is just the man, Justin. Any non-Wentz-related positive notes you you took from that Ravens game?
2: Uh, like I pointed out earlier, I mean, it was just nice to see Hertz, you know, do a little bit something, uh, be a little bit of value for us. Uh, unfortunately, the other two point conversion didn't really go so well, but um, we were really down, you know, in that first half. And uh, then Hertz got in the game, we were able to you know get him involved a little bit, and it seemed to just get it generate a little bit of momentum. Um, with that said, I mean, obviously, it. Wentz is the man. And um, I would like to apologize to Mr. Carson Wentz because <laughs> I did, I did put him up on the trade block earlier. And you know what, with, with how he was able to rally the team down the stretch and, you know, like Rob said, put him on his back. I mean, that's something that, that, that you only see le- yeah, that run was great. Well, 49 yards, something like that. I forget yeah, and what it he was, was just was lowering his 40? shoulder. I like it. Fuck it. If
0: he gets hurt, fuck it. Just go down swinging. And the hurts thing, certainly interesting. They got, it gave him a little bit of spark, the two quarterback package, probably a little too cute. But I think now with miles Sanders out, you could see Jalen hurts kind of involved as a running back and getting him out of the backfield and kind of doing some halfback pass stuff. So I think maybe this is a game, especially with miles Sanders hurt that he could be involved moving over to just the season outlook and and great transition into the hypothetical question does feel like we're in the, a little bit of a fork in the road here with some Eagles fans saying like, Hey, blow it up tank. I don't want to get to the playoffs. If we're going to be six, nine and one, let's just get that top 10 pick. Other fans saying like, what are you crazy? We're going to intentionally tank in this NFC East. We got to get to the playoffs, get Carson, these young guys, some experience. That's where my head's at, whatever it takes to win the division and get into the playoffs. I'm all for it. I mean, I certainly don't want them mortgaging a bunch of picks to get some, you know, short-term rental guys, but other than that, the Eagles should be all in every year. We're not the, we're not the Sixers for Christ's sake, or we're going to trust the process. Like, no, we're the Philadelphia Eagles. Any chance you can have to win the NFC East and beat the dog shit, Dallas Cowboys, the dog shit, New York giants, the dog shit football team you do. And you do it all costs. So I'm all in for this season. Uh, but I know some people are are saying they'd rather have a top 10 pick in 2021. Than the Eagles to win the division. Rob, where are you at with this season?
1: Well, uh, look, uh, I think we all know that we have a good chance to win the division, but we're winning a division that is awful. Um, yep. um, with that said, first of all, I just want to put it out there. I am absolutely against trading any picks of any value to add players before the trade deadline for this year because I, I think it is somewhat of a lost cause. Uh, with that said, I agree with you. I'm not tanking for the top ten pick. I, I want to win the division every year. I think it's good. It's good experience for the team. It's good experience for Wentz. So that's where I'm going. And look, I'll be honest. You never know what could happen once you get to the dance. Maybe it, somehow things align and the team's actually healthy come playoff time. All these guys come back, and maybe you can make a run. You know, anyone can beat anyone on a given day. So. I'd rather be there than not deal with the picks later. Take how it, you know, take it how it comes, but I'm I'm going for winning the division.
0: Yeah. I mean, Howie Roseman's gonna fuck up the first round pick regardless. So may as well get a playoff game out of it. Justin, you've taken Carson Wentz off the trade block. Very noble
2: of you. Are you are you also uh buying into this season? Uh yeah, I'm definitely buying into this season. Um, I think first of all, like you pointed out, I mean, we can't do much with picks anyways. Um, <laughs> so if we get a <laughs> top 10, I don't know how he's going to do with it. So that's not even a reason to possibly blow it up. The other thing um, is, is that we've been able to play some really good games with, you know, not healthy players yeah. or barely any, right? We finished this game and only lost by two points to the Ravens, um, even though we only had two starters by the end of the game. So, Hey, if we can make it to the playoffs, get a couple more guys healthy, we can certainly make a run. So why would you ever think of blowing it up? I know there's been a narrative online. I've seen it, but it doesn't make any sense to me at this point.
0: Yeah. and, And who knows? I mean, if we had a top 10 pick, we could end up using a, on a offensive lineman you know, like the giants did with Andrew Thomas, who's been a complete bust. got sat down for rules violation, led up 31 QB pressure so far. I mean, Jordan, my is out playing Andrew Thomas right now. So there's no, you know, guarantee that you get the top 10 pick and it's going to be, it's going to be all gravy moving on and, and why people certainly are buying into the Eagles and this season and possibly winning the division. It has to be The collapse of the Dallas Cowboys. It's been amazing. It's been beautiful. It's been on prime time. I mean, this Cowboys team right now is two and four. They really should be zero and six. And it, I mean, if the Falcons recover that onside kick or or the Giants don't uh, completely blow that game, they're zero and six. And it's insane how how everyone was like, oh, you know, Andy Dalton, he's barely a step down. They're not going to miss a beat. Of course, they get just shellacked on Monday Night Football, and now. The news is coming out. Jane Slater tweeted this out. Cowboys players initially bought into keeping things internal. Now, as they sit two and four, the discontent is leaking out on the coaching staff quote, totally unprepared. They don't teach. They don't have any sense of adjusting on the fly. Another, they just aren't good at their jobs. So this is amazing. It's beautiful. It's everything you want to see out of a Cowboys collapse. And As much as the Eagles have struggled, you never hear of any anonymous reports when it comes to players shit talking Doug. So he clearly sells the locker room. But Mike McCarthy's already lost at six games in. Rob, what is the most enjoyable part about this Cowboys collapse?
1: Well, the most enjoyable part last game specifically was watching Zeke fumble away two times. (laughs) I just, oh, that was so great to to watch all the feed me stuff. I, I, I just that drives me crazy. So watching him fumble types was fantastic. And look any discontent on this team is fantastic. All you heard before the year was how could anyone ever stop this offense? Three, number one receivers, Zeke, yep. Dak, you know, they're <laughs> just, you know, even now Dalton can just step in and, you know, they'll still be great. And, and somehow Mike McCarthy is finding a way to screw it up. So. I just love it. Um, Nothing specific, but just watching them implode and the season fall apart is fantastic.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's hilarious because, uh, I mean, you remember, I think it was Michael Irvin who compared CeeDee Lamb joining the Cowboys as uh, to, uh, you know, Durant joining the Golden State Warriors, which is just an insane analogy and, and just shows you how high everyone was on this Cowboys team, which is. Really the best part so far of the season is everyone Super Bowl sleeper was the Dallas Cowboys and they've just looked uh worse than the Eagles, I think, in a lot of ways. Granted, they are two and four and we're one four and one, but uh certainly a, a massive collapse. Justin, what are you enjoying about this uh disappointing Cowboys season? For at least their fans. <laughs>
2: um, I'm just you know, sitting back watching this collapse and with a big smile on my face, I think um, I know uh, Rob pointed out Zeke, but the other thing I liked uh, was just Dalton. He was definitely struggling. Um, I know he hasn't had a whole lot of first team reps, but um, even trying to come back from that game, the only thing (laughs) he seemed to be able to get was dump off passes. So he's just and through that pick there too. Um, He's just not the guy to be able to lead this team. The other thing that's great about that is it just makes Dak look so much better, which means you gotta pay Dak the money, so <laughs> I'm million. looking at fifty million now, right? <laughs> so the worse Dalton looks, the better Dak looks every day. I mean, if he can't get that offense going, it just means you gotta pay Dak more. So that's what I'm loving.
0: Yeah, the the contract situation gets pretty interesting now because if they try and franchise him again, which they could do, I think they own thirty-seven million but that 37 million hits you all next year. Where as if you do a long-term deal, you can spread out the cap hit of, of the guaranteed money, which they almost have to do now, but that, you know, but Dak knows this now. So Dak now has a ton of leverage over Jerry Jones. And also the fact that Mike McCarthy seems like a notable step back from Jason Garrett. Oh man, it is uh, it's it, beautiful. It, it,
1: it's amazing that that Dak somehow seems to have gained leverage with the <laughs> season-ending injury.
0: Yeah, you it guys is awesome. You guys were ready to like uh, start doing a eulogy for him. We had our prayer candles out, but now this guy is just getting paid after that Monday night performance by Andy Dalton. Kramer even had a conspiracy theory that uh, he intentionally <laughs> injured himself to expose Andy Dalton. A little conspiracy theory for you there. Joining us uh, for the preview of the Giants will be Ryan Real Muddy Kramer. Just want to give a quick shout out to mybookie.ag. Mybookie.ag. Use that promo code SGP20. Get a, a free $20 bet on a $45 deposit. Got a ton of uh, player props. Of course, I almost hit my insane 323 to 1 bet on Christian Kirk. Two touchdowns, 150 yards receiving. He got the two touchdowns. Didn't get there on the receiving yards, but we're gonna hit one of these huge player props, one of these uh, one of these weeks. So stay tuned over there. Head over to mybookie.ag promo code SGP20. Play, win, and get paid over at mybookie. Joining us on the Diehard Eagles Podcast, the enemy for this week, co-host of the Sports Gambling Podcast, right Real Money. Kramer. What's happening, Kramer? There's no eye in
3: enemy either, Sean. <laughs> no, there isn't. Enemies has an eye, though.
0: Well, Ryan, the big story coming in is, uh, of course, the Eagles' complete dominance over the Giants, especially the past 12 games. Eagles 11 and 1. Doug Peterson, 7 and 1. Doug Peterson, 4 and 0. Oh. In Thursday night, what are your thoughts? Uh, I know you had given up on the season early on, trying to make Seattle your team. Now that uh, the division is complete dog shit, and you're only one game out, you're all of a sudden buying back in. Where are you at right now with the Giants and with the uh, matchup coming up Thursday?
3: Well, thank you, Sean, for having me. I, I mean, this is an, an amazing position you guys have put yourself into. You should I'm, be honored, right I am be honored. honored. It's an honor and a privilege. Uh, I have, I'm, I'm in a free roll. I'm walking up to the final table right now. And when the giants pull off a miracle on Thursday night, they will effectively have the division league because obviously the Cowboys aren't winning another game this year. (laughs) So uh, happy, happy to go into why, but uh, yeah, you can talk about the past, Sean. Yeah. You can talk about the past. But as I've told you before, there is a reason they make the windshield so damn big and the rear view mirror. So small, I don't give a shit about the past. Joe judge. Wasn't here then all rise. They're turning the corner. I heard you mentioned a- Andrew Thomas earlier. Very young Sean. He is maturing. I hope you come at me. I'm a man, but Gettleman might have actually lucked into this one because his uh, third round pick Matt Pert, out of Yukon. Looked pretty fucking good playing a little left tackle, so better situation than you.
0: Well, I don't know Jordan Milata He's uh anyway he's looking he's looking pretty decent. What a shitty game, huh? Oh, uh,
3: pretty late, crazy. It went from seven on the look ahead to three and a yeah. half. Yeah,
0: insane, insane line movement. All the Eagles minus seven all the way down to three and a half. I'm guessing off the Miles Sanders and Zach Ertz injuries. But if you've been watching the Eagles, you know Zach Ertz not really a uh, impact player this season. And in some ways, it kind of helps them because they don't feel like they have to force the ball to hurts and they can force it to guys like Fulgham and even Hightower, and and maybe the return of Deshaun Jackson this Thursday night. Rob, I'll let you kick things off. What is a, a matchup that we're looking at here on the defensive side of the ball for the Eagles Giants that we need to really dominate in order to win this game? Uh,
1: you know, I, I think it's the same matchups we end up talking about every week. But it's the defensive line; they just got to get pressure on Daniel Jones. Uh, you know, get pressure on him, and you win the game. He's going to make mistakes, and and it's going to lead to at least one
3: interception. Yeah, that's Certainly. a good question: is it an inter- interception or fumble?
0: Well, I, uh, I think we could. Fumble. I think we could get a combo platter: little, little a, little a b. <laughs> I'm predicting a Josh Sweat. Strip sack of uh, Danny Dimes at some point in this game, but for me, a key on the defense is guarding Evan Ingram. I think we've had trouble with tight ends the entire season, but Dave's that shitty linebacker. You guys make fun uh, of every week. Nate 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 Gary Gary
1: is all over.
0: Nate, the worst part about Nate Gary is he has that badass uh, black visor, but, and he kind of looks like a badass on the field until until the ball uh, snapped, and you go, "Oh man, that ain't Brian Dawkins." You're making you're embarrassing the visor. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Davion Taylor, the rookie, was supposed to be a project. They're finally forced into playing him, and he actually had some decent snaps last week. Justin, any uh, any matchup in particular you like? Who's who's a player in defense you think has to have a big game? come Thursday I mean
2: I'd like to see uh Brandon Graham get in there a little bit um I mean he's he's you know he's been in there same with Cox as well put a little bit more pressure I think we can uh you know get in there on Danny they're only uh they only average you know a buck eighty seven yard passing yards per game so if we can uh rush Danny get him to uh you know cough up that football like he always does I think uh, we can certainly uh win this game it's Daniel thank you oh Daniel. Mr. Jones indeed. Kramer,
0: what do you uh what do you got to see from the Giants end on the defensive side to shut down this now high-powered Philadelphia Eagles offense? I mean I think
3: this is a this is a real test for Mr. Folgum because now he's going against a real a real uh, Bradbury Island. I don't know if you've heard. Yeah. It's uh it's not super expensive real estate, pretty cheap still, but it's uh it's a pretty tough place to get productive. I'm t- honestly uh, from, I'm def- I'm terrified of Deshaun Jackson.
0: Yeah. As you should be Ryan,
3: Jeffrey's not playing, right? No, I don't. I I mean, they, that they there's keep, that too. Cause he's going to have like a two touchdown game. They
0: keep, they keep teasing the fact that he may actually play. But I think the only reason they're keeping him active is they're trying to shop him. And that's why they put him on pump. They're trying to pretend like he's less injured than he is. But I, I don't think Jeffrey plays, but it sounds like Deshaun Jackson's going to play. And of course, rush. he's done a storied uh, past against the New York Giants. So but, look out for Deshaun. But to your
3: question, it's about the pass. I mean, it's the same thing you guys talked about it's the pass rush. The Giants don't look now, Sean, but they, I believe, they're tied for ninth in the NFL with 15 sacks. This offensive line looks like they're ready to <laughs> give up some sacks. Uh, as you've watched every Giants, every minute of every giants game, Sean, you, you would, would have noticed that this defense looks a little bit more competent uh, than the past uh, rookie Trey Crowder. He showed uh, he's showing up and he showed up in the highlights, scoring that touchdown last week, uh, look, this is going to be a shitty game and, and it's going to come down to which quarterback makes the least mistakes. And I think for everything you can, you can say, I think Daniel Jones is almost a lock to have a turnover of some sort. Carson Wentz is too. He he is just as uh, I, I don't know what, what, however you want to talk about what he's fumbling the ball. He's throwing what nine picks. I mean, that's a season's worth of interceptions. Sure, you can blame the teammates, but they're the teammates he's got to go out with out out there with this Thursday.
0: Rob, I'm I'm tired of uh, listening to uh, Kramer's negativity on this podcast about Carson Wentz. <laughs> What's a matchup? What's a matchup we got to win on the offensive side of the ball? Who do you think has to step up? Obviously, Carson, but maybe a skill guy, offensive lineman. What are we looking at come Thursday?
1: Yeah, I, I think Carson obviously is the obvious one. And, you know, as I was thinking about this, it was almost who else can step up besides Carson? You know, we have no one left on offense. Um, But if Jackson plays, I like him, you know, you you need some vet to come in and maybe make a smart spark. Maybe he can get uh, a line, but you know, beyond that, I just think it's the offensive line as a unit. Um, They were absolutely awful last week um, and they need to redeem themselves uh, for this team to be able to get anything done on offense. So I'm going to say the offensive line has a comeback game. They're not going to be fantastic, but I don't think they're going to be as bad as last week,
0: Justin. Who who you? uh, Who do you got your eyes on? On the offensive side of the ball.
2: I'm, I'm thinking if we're going to, you know, get some production going they're they're probably going to just be looking past the whole time. So um, I'm hoping that Boston Scott can come in and, you know, get us some much needed yards, kind of like last year um, coming in, in the clutch and, you know, busting out some long runs. So um, that's kind of who I'm going to hook my horse to and hook my wagon to and uh, see what happens. (laughs) I like it. You got a horse and a wagon.
0: It's all being tied to the ox known as Boston Scott, the giant killer. He's destroyed him uh, at least last game, filling in for Miles Sanders. I am going to say Lane Johnson plays and guts it out and plays the entire game. The lane train. He's going to get whatever shots he needs to play through that entire game. I, I think wouldn't he, be the
3: first time he took some shots. What do you mean by that, Ryan? Right, he missed some football games because he took oh, some shots.
0: Yeah, I mean he's gonna be Ryan. Save that for a different podcast. Come
3: <laughs> on. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to be objective, transparent, and give you the news. Justin,
0: he, he's gonna. I think he's gonna play, and I think he's gonna. He's gonna really help lock down that right side, give the offensive line a boost. Ryan. Oh, real money. Kramer, any, any matchups you want to see on the offensive side of the ball? For well, Sean,
3: I came prepared according to the next gen stats. Daniel Jones hit twenty point six four miles per hour last week. <laughs> Woo. Get a radar gun on that guy. Lamar Jackson is the only quarterback that, that has registered a faster time. What does that tell me? Lamar Jackson just shredded this Eagles defense on the ground. For a total of 108 yards. I think Joe judge all rise has figured something out here. Maybe this isn't your quarterback of the future, but start running this motherfucker. <laughs> he had 74 yards last week. He's shown an ability. Maybe his best tool as a quarterback is that speed defenders are a- every single time. And I, I get what, what, what Nate Gary, Nate yes. Gary, we're going to see in the game. He's going to take a horrendous angle on Daniel Jones. Cause he's so goddamn fast for a white guy. So the angle I'm going to take, Sean, is take Daniel Jones in the over rushing props. Daniel Jones is going to do stuff with his legs, a la Lamar Jackson. Yes, I am comparing <laughs> Daniel Jones to Lamar Jackson. He oh, gets wow. it. He gets it done. And uh, the the legend of Danny Dimes starts this Thursday.
0: <laughs> All right, and I, and I thought we were uh, delusional, homers. Appreciate the uh, analysis. Oh, Sterling
3: Shepard also back.
0: Well, he he's still he's still limited in practice, right? All right. We'll we'll see if he actually suits up and uh, shout out to our pals over at thrive fantasy. Of course they're doing a special contest just for the SGP listeners giving away $1,000. All you gotta do is sign up over at thrive fantasy, download the app, check them out. dot thrivefantasy.com, Use our promo code SGP, get that sweet instant deposit match up to 50 bucks and then uh use DGen to enter the game. And of course you pick uh, 10 out of the 20 player props you like under and overs Kramer and I will be giving out our entire thrive fantasy lineup on the DFS podcast on the main feed, but thought it'd be fun to hit on some of the player props they have available for this game. I'll kick things off. And that is give me under a half rushing touchdown for Devonta Freeman. No way he gets it done in prime time. He looks pretty slow and the Eagles are pretty good at stopping the run. They do struggle a little bit with the running quarterback, but real running quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, not Danny Dimes, but Devonta Freeman, I just don't see him pushing the pile and our, and your buddy, uh, your close personal friend, Ryan Wayne Gallman, who wished you a happy birthday via cameo. Uh, he, I think he's going to be more likely to get the goal line touches if there are any. So under Devonta Freeman, a half rushing touchdown, lock that up for me, Rob, do you have a, a favorite player prop over at thrive fantasy?
1: I do. I got two for you. One for the Eagles, one for the giants. I like Fulgham over 48.5 yards. I think his streak continues. We have no one else to target. So he is going to hit that on the giants. I like golden Tate over 2.5 receptions. (laughs) Mike grow is not his offensive coordinator. So they will find a way to get it to him. And I think he always finds a way to get some touches against the Eagles. So I like that one as well
0: a golden Tate revenge game. No one saw this coming. Justin, any uh, player props you like from thrive fantasy here?
2: Yeah. Like I said, I'm hooking my wagon to Boston Scott. So, uh, I would take him for over 75.5 rush and reception yards. Um, I'm liking it a lot. It looks good to me. That's what I would stick with.
0: Yeah. So you think he is a big game. Not only Receiving, but also uh, running the ball. It's interesting, and it's not listed here. They don't have any Jalen Hurts props, but I I think he's kind of an interesting play in uh, in like a DraftKings showdown lineup because I do think with Miles Sanders being out, he's going to be involved more in the run game. Maybe catch some passes. Are you acknowledging he's on the team now? Well, now, now at this point, he's he's probably our best running back. So yeah, I'm I'm fine with acknowledging his existence. Brian, uh, tease uh, the listeners by throwing out one of your uh, player props here from Thrive Fantasy.
3: Uh, Carson Wentz. I, I I gave you. I figured I'm on an Eagles podcast. I'll give you an Eagles over. Car, uh, Carson Wentz over two and a half touchdowns plus interceptions. So uh, one
0: way or another, this is getting home. So you imagine like a four touchdown, zero interception game. Is that what you're seeing?
3: <laughs> uh, I would. Uh, I'd bet a lot of money uh, that he gets an interception before he throws for four touchdowns.
0: Oh, okay. Maybe we'll get our uh, buddies over at my bookie to come up with a uh, custom a prop, a prop, uh, calculator over there and uh, we can get some action on it. All right. The Eagles nest one player you're predicting to step up, Ryan, I'll let you go here. Cause technically Sean you, Jackson, you're not a part of the, Oh, you're going to throw out to no, Sean Jackson. It, okay. He, he He's going to
3: fuck if Alshon plays, this is my, my real c- call out is if Alshon really? plays djen prop, multiple touchdowns will be scored. They they can't guard big guys like that.
0: Yeah. And maybe, and Fulgham is quietly a, a, a but no, it's the Sean Jackson, a, a bigger terrified, guy,
3: terrified of Deshaun Jackson, worst Ar- guy in the league to, to <laughs> fucking have ruined your team multiple times.
0: Rob, who do you, who's uh who's in the nest this week? Who's the one player that's going to have a huge game for the Eagles?
1: You know, I'm going to say that Hightower comes back and redeems himself and he catches a deep shot this week. Like he, it. he is he 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 was close last week. I've not given up on him like you said he is a rookie, he was a late round pick and I, it, he's just due to hit one of these for a touchdown.
0: I like it. And I mean, it'll be interesting as far as like just random fantasy guys. I mean, Hakeem Butler, look at the uh, check and see who's actually active because he's that guy they they randomly picked up. His salary is only three hundred dollars on DraftKings, and he could be in that Jason uh, Kroom role, also three hundred dollars. I mean, they're gonna need some tight ends to play because Richard Rodgers is even banged up as well. So some of these deep tight ends could be an interesting uh, DFS play for the Thursday night showdown slate. Justin, who do you have uh, stepping up for this big Thursday night match? Game.
2: Um. I mean, I've I've uh, been drooling over Boston Scott. I think the other person, though, with Deshaun Back, can even do more than he's always already done. Maybe not more, but definitely have a great game. Would be Fulgum. You know, um, Deshaun's going to take a little bit of weight off his shoulders, open him up a little bit more, um, and I think he could have a great game as well.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Fulgham 8,800 on DraftKings, so that's uh, behind Darius Slayton, just above Boston Scott in price. I, I think I'll I think I'll uh, kick it over to the defensive side of the ball. I, I think the guy who's going to have a huge game is uh, Darius Slay. I'm predicting an interception from Darius Slay. He he gets his first of the season, and again, I think, uh, yeah, Darius Slay is the guy that eventually picks off Danny Dimes, aka Mr. Jones. Closing things out here with the final score predictions. I'll go first. Eagles 28, Giants 20. Kramer, give us your prediction.
3: Well, I just wanted to correct I wanted to give you you called Daniel Jones not a real mobile quarterback earlier. Yes. Fourth in the NFL in yards this this year? Yeah. But he has a better yards per rush than all four of those guys. All three of those guys, Cam, <laughs> Lamar, and Kyler. So look out, seven and a half, half yards per rush. They're coming for you. Final score: Eagles twenty, Giants twenty-two.
0: Okay, predicting it a two-point victory by the Giants. Lots of field goals. I like <laughs> the overs
3: for these field goals, these these kickers and thrive.
0: Well, oh, and no, it, not Jake Elliott. Jake, oh my goodness, he's been struggling with the with oh, the no, long Don't ones. worry, he'll do fine. Sixty <laughs> yards, no problem. He'll dial it in against the Giants. Rob, final score prediction for the Thursday night game.
1: This isn't going to be particularly close. 31 17 Eagles. Even with the injuries, they're going to run away with it.
0: Love it. Justin, final score for the Eagles against the Giants, this division matchup, this NFC East rivalry.
2: Uh, Very close to what Rob has, actually. Uh, I said Eagles 28, and then I was kind. And uh, you know, Giants average sixteen point eight points a game. I bumped it up to seventeen. So <laughs> twenty-eight seventeen Eagles. All right, I like it. So uh <laughs> next time we hear this or
0: next time we're doing the podcast, hopefully we're hanging the top a little closer in the NFC standings. I, I mean, I don't know what's gonna happen in that uh, Redskins. Happy to come Cowboys, back when the Giants Cowboys win. game. Uh, if if they win, uh, we'll never have you on oh, the podcast you again. Then Ryan. <laughs> that if, you, if they win, then it's a bad sign for the Juju. But uh, I'm optimistic they get it done Thursday night. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Die Hard Eagles podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm Sean, stacking the money green. Go, birds.
2: Go, birds.